0: Hello, old friends, and welcome to Tea, Water, Talks. Joining us today is Craig Riley, co-founder of Street Photography International.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> Horrendous. Welcome to New York. Uh, hello. Hi, Craig. Hi. Hi, told <laughs> This is literally the second time we meet, uh, but, um, but you're, you're a bit of a of celebrity in the, uh, in the street photography space. You have, I mean, this is like a g- giant following you have, you guys have right on Instagram. I mean, you're one of the
2: co-founders. There's like, It's the three of you. Or, that's uh, correct. Yeah. There's uh three co-founders of SPI. Um, I think celebrity is a bit of a stretch to be honest with you. I wouldn't like to um, label myself as that. That's for sure. But, um, no, I suppose, um, you know, we've gained a lot of exposure, uh, from SPI. That's, you know, that's, um, no second question in that. Um, but, yeah, I suppose that's just come from you know promoting what we think is the best street photography uh, from around the world, from you know any any person, you know, regardless of their um, level of skill, um, obviously their their race, gender, um, anything, age. Um, we just promote you know the best photography that we can uh, from anywhere really, and that that goes with the SPI Awards as well.
1: Mm, so you are okay. So this is this. Is, there's a lot to unpack here. So so you are obviously a street photographer. You support street photographers, and then you said you also offer an, uh, an award. That's...
2: Yeah, yeah. So we've had um, the SPI awards running now for the past um, four years, and we've had you know submissions and like um, finalists and winners from all over the world. Um, around about hundred and 40, 140 odd countries um, around the world have submitted images um, and, you know, so many of these people that are unable to um, gain exposure um, or even afford to enter uh, a number of uh, awards or competitions online due to the cost of them, um, you know, which was probably our biggest focal point of uh, why we started the awards to allow to make them all like inclusive uh, for so many different people opposed to you know it was almost pretty much the same sort of winners from the same locations on other photography mm. competitions and yes yeah, so, as i say, we've had you know finalists from the philippines india um uh the far east like cambodia um, vietnam indonesia um you know south america brazil things like that so it's is a very inclusive um competition and as a a brand or a company or a collective whatever you want to call us mm-hmm. um you know we do everything we can for the the better of street photography and it's uh, it's art form
1: yeah i think i think that's uh, that's amazing i mean that's 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 fantastic that you guys are doing this i mean when we you know, when the pandemic started, we uh, also offered uh, portfolio reviews because, you know, from uh, from TN Water Pictures, And we also realized that, you know, the, the people who are who are stepping forward was a very narrow uh, range of people. So there, there's just a, there's a, a group of people who basically have the courage to step forward. But there is an entire huge group of people around the world Uh, Who might not have the courage, but they definitely have the skill and uh, there's some incredible Incredible photography out there and whatever it takes to to bring that forward and to bring that to the surface I think that's definitely something that we all should be fighting for Um, Uh, So it's it's fantastic that you guys are doing this.
2: Yeah, I I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree more we're told because um, You know, we always say that everybody has got it in in them to capture at least one amazing image um, you know, whether whatever genre that uh that's in, it it doesn't matter. But um especially in uh street photography where it's or my personal definition is like it's candid, um, unstaged, you know, moments that you're capturing, um, then you know, anyone is able to capture an amazing moment, whether that's, you know, an emotional moment, uh, a humorous moment, uh or something that's aesthetically pleasing, um, in terms of uh, composition, you know, everyone's got it in them. And if you did submit, you know, a strong image uh, into the SPI awards or um, tag us on the Instagram account, there'd be a very good chance. Um, They'll be featured and you'll gain exposure to, you know, over almost 1.5 million um, followers.
1: Amazing. I, I think also, um, and I'm sorry, we, we totally got off the rails here because we have sorry. To, but, um, you know, we've noticed that a lot of photography was was basically photography of, of people from certain areas of the world going to other places and sort of recording things. And, you know, I mean, I've I've traveled to many places and, you know, felt so inclined to do I just felt this, you know, the urge to uh, to take pictures in the streets. But I think there is an incredible value of people who are actually living in those places to to take pictures closer to home. And the same for, for all of us. You know, wherever we are, we should really embrace where we are. Because it's not just the location, but it's also the time and the, everything around us is, is constantly shifting. And I think there was this, uh, for many, many years now, photography has been sort of drawn to to going far away to capture the image that cannot be captured at home. But th- that's just a, I think that's, uh, you know, that's, that's privilege, right? So it's like a strange.
2: 100% because um, it's something that I actually mentioned to attendees uh, on, on workshops, uh, whether they're SPI or, or personal workshops. You know, it, it, you don't need to go to large cities to capture anything um, but in terms of street photography. You could be documenting the streets in your local village, for instance, you know, like a local green, you know, a, um, a little old lady who makes the same journey to the post office, um, you know, on a daily basis in all weathers. I think little things like that, um, because what one of the biggest parts of street photography that I love the most is your capturing history, you know, whether that's fashion, technology, um, your surroundings, architecture. It's, I mean... It, in terms of the cities, large cities, London is changing on a daily basis. Um, in terms of skyline, um, you know, road closures, road design, things like that. So you know you're capturing so many different aspects of not just a moment, but it, well, a part of history.
1: Yeah, there's, there's obviously this famous series of uh, Eggleston shooting right before the election, I think in 1960, what, 63 or something. Or was it uh, Friedlander? Uh, you know, would shoot cars because cars age so rapidly, and they just mm. like are frozen in time. I think he he did like this. There's a whole book I think where he shot all American cars he could find in 1964. Or and well, it was obviously at the time when it was shooting, It was like oh wow, you know, new models. Uh, yeah, we we know what that looks like now. So,
2: well, absolutely. Like you say, like, um, in terms of technology, you know, everyone's uh, is you know quite. Um, common to see photos of people's on their phones, for instance, you know, who's to say in 10 years time, we'll be looking at our hands, you know, chips in our hands or things like that, which obviously a bit of a techie subject at the moment with vaccines and whatever, but, um, uh, you know, who's to know where technology is going to go. Um, like uh, computer screens in our glasses, for instance, you know, all, all that sort of thing. Who, yeah. who
1: knows? I hope it's not going to be the guy. So in a, um, airport lounge runs, he these, like, you know, su- uh, glasses and just watching a movie I mean he... your headset <laughs> yeah, like horrendous just leaned back just like uh, um, so how did you how did you get into the street photography I mean how did it began for you begin for you how how's how did uh, how did it happen and then how did you arrive to, uh, with Olympus how did you how do you find them
2: what... well um, initially I got into photography in general um, around about um 2007 something like that and i was just doing because um, at the time i was working for an airline so i was able to gain access to you know some amazing cities and i was just doing like the usual tourist shots uh, and at the time i had a canon 40d um then once i got um home it was a case of like doing landscape shots like trapes in a, like a big heavy tripod and like lenses and uh, and body and it just got a bit cumbersome and tiresome, so I was like got like got bored of photography, if you like. Um, and then I went uh, to Cape Town for my best friend's wedding, and her husband and another um, guest were keen photographers themselves, and got into the conversation of the um, mirrorless systems. Um, you know, basically saying how the, quali- the image quality was still there, but they were much lightweight, uh, mm. much more lightweight, and smaller in size. Um, so then just did some research and, um, looked at my budget, obviously big part of it, um, and ended up going for the Olympus, uh, EM 10 mark one at the time. And it, I mean, it was so small, it just fit into my pocket. Um, and then I was able to what, access like central London, you know, quite easily. Um, and yeah, just doing like the urban landscapes shots, you know, your typical, um, long shutter. Um, shots of um, like the Thames looking like glass and the London Eye uh, looking like a complete circle, for instance, just those sort of things. Then I added the uh, human element into the photos. And at the time, it was Twitter was like the the um, big social platform um, at the time because Instagram was literally just starting um, or just building up then. Um, and then I started getting some good feedback, uh, from some of these urban landscape shots with the humans in, um, and then, um, started, you know, following a few street photography accounts. Um, and then, yeah, sort of like snowballed from there really. Um, yeah, it followed like a, a couple of photographers, um, that were in a um, collective at the time, um, uh, Walter and Alan, being uh, two of uh, the people I was following. And um, and then the collective that they were in at the time disbanded, um, and then um, a new one was formed. And then, yeah, that basically was the um, starting point of SPI. So it's gonna be five years in January um, in 2021. Um, that was like the anniversary of when taking over the Instagram account. So.
1: Oh, wow. in, in five years, you guys have grown to like a, over a million followers. That's in, insane. That's insane.
2: Yeah, it, it, it is. It is, it is it, I mean, it blew our minds, you know, just the increase uh, of how um, like many followers gained in such a short space of time and something that does get my goat, if you like, um, you know, had all the comments, like snarky comments, are oh, they paid for followers? and things like that. It couldn't be any further from the truth. It's a lot of hard work, a lot of time uh, and effort has gone into building this um, uh, account. uh, And that's purely through um, engaging uh, with followers and, you know, again, publishing the best street photography, what we believe to be, you know, the best street photography for accounts that have no sort of following whatsoever. Um, You know, we almost like promote a term I wouldn't like to use, but the, the little man, if you like, um, mm. again, not being gender, um, um, of to, yeah. So, um, yes, it's, you know, just a, a case of, you know, a lot of honest hard work has gone into building it. Um, um, and it's you know, blown out all of our minds of how big it has gotten. Uh, and that's enabled us to uh, say, do the awards, do the workshops, Um, and giving us, you know, a lot of exposure and, you know, getting things like this, for instance. So, and obviously ambassadorship with Olympus, as you asked. Yeah, so it's, you know, it's obviously um, benefited a great deal in that sense. Um, And and obviously the biggest benefit is showing how much of an art form street photography is, uh, that what we believe it is.
1: Yeah, I, I yeah. I mean, congratulations. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. And thank you also for supporting all these uh, uh, aspiring photographers who who have the courage to go out into the streets. Because um, you know, I I you know, having having done some photography in the streets as well. I think the the reactions on how people react to to being in the streets are very different in different places. You know, in some places. Uh, it's it's easy to be ignored I think New York is a quite a quite a good place to just shoot and you know it's it's loud so it's, nobody cares um, I had found it to actually it was difficult to shoot in in London uh, I think people are a little bit more aware of their surroundings I think I found Berlin for instance absolutely impossible like people are just you know very aggressive and I had I <laughs> run from across the street with terror in my camera wow. um, so it's I how do you, how do you feel about the different places? I mean, if you, if you shot in different places, how, and how do you see the differences between the, between the places huh? people shoot?
2: Um, I, I suppose in all honesty, but it, it all depends on how you shoot, um, mm-hmm. what your process is. Mm-hmm. Um, for me personally, uh, I prefer to have like a more methodical t- approach to the, um, to how I shoot. So I would almost like stumble across a scene in particular that I like the look of. I'm almost, as I'm walking around, I see like little windows of either like shapes or color or um, or beads of light, if you like. Um, and I would basically look at that particular scene from all different angles. So I'd study the scene itself before I've even pressed the shutter. Um, I've composed it and exposed it exactly how I want. And now I'd wait for the final, element if you like the human element uh, to come into the scene and it's a case of once i've composed it and exposed it exactly how i want it then my next thought process is where do i want my subject to be to balance out the scene entirely so that's my approach whereas um yeah. uh, walter um uh, walter rothwell he is a very um uh what should you say it's very um on the uh, how i just explain it i mean he shoots from the hip um you know expertly uh, and he's like trained many a person how to do it um and he's very on the fly but his approach is so discreet it's uh, completely different to my approach but he still doesn't get spotted so that's the thing, there's no um, interaction with the person at all. You know, they're still in their um, natural moment or anything like that, they're minding their own business. Um, so he's got a completely different technique to what I have, um, but it still has the same end goal, if you like. You're still not interrupting that particular scene. Um, so there are different ways of doing it. Um, I don't go hunting for a photo, I almost like wait for. The person's coming to my scene, so that that way I'm not interrupting or um, interfering with their privacy, if you
1: like. Mm-hmm. So you uh, you're shooting more like uh, uh, Henri Cartier-Bresson. He uh, he would like uh, frame the he would frame the shot and wait for the person to enter. Jonathan. Well,
2: okay? well, yeah, in that, I won't say, I wouldn't put myself out there in his ilk, but, um, That's <laughs> um, yeah, what he did. Yeah, yeah but that, that,
1: <laughs> that process, that process. Yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 You have other people who are just, you know, point the camera into people's faces and just like, you know, there's, there's a, there's a few of those.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Which again, isn't, isn't my cup of tea, if you like. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, it's how they found success. Um, it's what they're renowned for or whatever, um, mm-hmm if it works for them um you know they're obviously that um are people's um interpretations of etiquette if you like as well mm-hmm. um but i mean that isn't me as a person either so maybe that's sort of why i take the approach that i do um so yeah
1: you know, it's, it's each to their own i suppose yeah, I I wonder if that also changes over time, like you know if you if you're a different part, I wonder if I mean I haven't I haven't taken a picture for uh for a few months, so maybe maybe I would uh, be quieter now as well.
2: Quite quite possibly, uh in, in yeah. I suppose it also depends on if you've had any um like say negative interactions with somebody um that could always like uh knock your confidence, that's for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I had on the um, on the New York subway once. I had a guy who thought I was taking pictures of him. That was mm-hmm. that was a very special thing. So he took off his glasses and showed me his tattoos. That meant that he killed someone. Totally. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to New York. Uh, so yeah, so I had to I had to delete the picture that he thought he was in. Uh, but uh, thankfully, he was very nice. Otherwise,
2: okay. Actually, on, on that, uh, Vital, if I can uh, just quickly tell a story. Um, some like, people may have heard this already. Um, but when I actually look at photos uh, that I've taken while I'm on the street, um, I look through uh, my viewfinder rather than the LCD screen because um, I think it's a better and clearer image. Um, and on one occasion I was actually looking at the camera um, directly like this. So it looked like I was still taking a photo. And as I brought my camera away from uh, my face, um, there was a, a Lady that stood like two foot away from me, um, saying, "Oh, have you finished?" I said, "Excuse me." And she said, "Have you finished taking photos of me?" I said, "I wasn't taking photos of you. I was actually looking at the photos." And with that, she tried to grab my camera out of my hands and um, bit my hand at the same time, drawing blood. um nice. wow. Yeah. So, uh, if people that are listening to this conversation, if you're ever looking for your viewfinder. Uh, at images that you've taken, look at the floor um, whilst you're doing it. I mean, you get some funny looks thinking, what on earth are you taking a photo of the floor for? But that's the least of your worries that like opposed to being like um, uh, basically called that you're
1: taking photos of someone when you're not. Wow, that's uh, that's incredible. I mean, we um, I worked with this photographer, um, he's in California, but he used to work in China, Mark Leon, and he was, uh, you know, he's a, um, he would always go into shoots i mean he's you know he's a uh, he's a journalist as well so he would always go the minder who would always observe the area around him mm-hmm. so many times the minder would just pull him out of the scene just in the last moment just to like avoid any confrontations but so. wow <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so uh, yes yeah, so having like a second set of eyes i also find, i mean i don't know if you uh, if you go like if you go on shoots if you go with someone sometimes like i remember uh, sometimes going into cities and then um, the two of us would go with three people and then each one of us would have a completely different view of the same scene but um it's i I thought it was an interesting experience i guess that's what you do when you do workshops sometimes as well
2: oh absolutely even um like going out with um walter and alan um you know at times you will see things completely different and you'll see things that um and vice versa they'll see things that you can't see what they're seeing, but obviously, when you see the final outcome, it's like, ah, okay, that's what you were seeing. Like, And it's just, it's, you know, it's obviously amazing how people's eyes and brains work, of course, especially in the cre- uh, creative industry. And uh, hence, you know, you get different songs and different genres and different movies. So, yeah, it's, that's, you know, the great thing about us humans, if you like, we're yeah. all different.
1: There's, there's a room for each one of us. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I mean this painting that says every perfect is different. So it's you know, oh <laughs> we're all perfectly fine. Yeah. Um there yeah, there is also this uh this photo um of the same object that was taken by Vinogrand and by Robert Frank. It's this um it's a statue in Los Angeles and it's a completely different photo of the same object, even. So it's mm. uh it's possible to do that. So how well like if you say that you that you wait for a, for an image to compose, what is like the longest time that you've waited? Like I mean, are we talking about minutes or do you stand up for hours and hours well
2: in terms of um composing the image and exposing the image yeah it literally takes minutes um but waiting for the final element um it all depends on the particular location because again when i'm in an area um i would gauge how busy that particular area is and what i'd also do um most street photographers stick to the same route um you know that they take so when you do so, you're seeing uh, the same location in different weathers, different times of year, so different sources of light. So then you can actually make um, you know, a mental record of what it looked like at that particular occasion, whether it's, mm-hmm. say, for instance, it's um, eight o'clock in the morning on, on a weekday uh, and it's very busy, but you actually want just a one, one person in the image. So, okay, well, I'll come back here um, in the daytime or, or whatever, or like further on into the year so you can like play around with it in that sense um you know just make a mental note of when you were there um you know how the light was hitting it for instance and then gauge it from there if you can come back to that area then you know then do so Mm -hmm. so um yeah i mean the longest i've waited um have probably been in the same location for 20 25 minutes just waiting for somebody. Um, or in fact, I was in on top of, um, as a walkway in Tate Modern and I was there for about 20 minutes, I'd say because were like just so many opportunities of people walking through, um, this particular light source. So,
1: yeah. So then, um, that's obviously the, the thing that happens with digital photography is that you are tempted to look at your pictures right there and then and to make the judgment. And you might actually miss some of the, of the shots. I mean, the beauty of film photography was that you would just assume that you might or might not have the shot and you would just keep shooting. And I think many photographers who take digital photography, they just arrive at something and then think, oh, that's good enough. And then uh, move on. But do you, so how do you do the editing? Like how, how does that happen? Well, in terms of, I mean, it's a
2: very good question actually, because, um, there's, there's two sides of that because um, when I look at a photo, um, there's one of my images in particular. Um, it's two people. Um, it's in Tate Modern. And there's a, a, a boy and a girl who are literally almost, like, it looks like they're sitting on a horizontal horizontal bar. So the scale is quite you know surreal, if you like. So it's almost like they're um, sitting in between two railings. So on this particular shot, um, my arm was fully extended above my head because I was on some stairs and they were um, say 50 to 60 feet away from me um, so I took the first photo and on the particular shot the horizontal bar was slicing the two of them in half mm-hmm. and obviously I didn't notice that until I'd looked at the um, uh, the back of the screen so consequently, because I'd seen that, I thought, oh, hang on a minute. You know, I can see the sense of scale. So what I can do, I can give the impression that they're actually sitting on that horizontal bar. Mm-hmm. So with that, again, I just uh, adjusted my position slightly. And then um, the second shot, the girl leaned across to the, uh, the boy. So the vertical um, bar sliced her in half. And then next shot, she just went back and like, they were framed perfectly inside the uh, vertical bars. So there's that benefit, if you like, of looking at his shots
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, for sure. Um, but in terms of um, uh, taking that approach, um, when I first started um, shooting strip photography, I was out for like seven, eight hours, say, for instance, during a day, mm-hmm. and I was taking, you know, easily eight hundred to twelve hundred photos um, in that day. And I would take like a couple of photos in one location, like and just quickly move on to the next place. Mm-hmm. I'd get home, look at them on the computer, and I'd be going through them and i would be in rubbish, 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 rubbish. That's alright, rubbish, rubbish. And even those all right ones, I was looking back I'd look back now and go, you know, what on earth was I thinking? That wasn't all right at all. Mm-hmm. So it's you know, it's one of those things. So you're I so when you take the approach um, that I prefer to take, if you take your time over a particular location and you you almost end up with three or four potential like um postable photos out of you know six or seven so your success rate um increases you know considerably um, so that's why i prefer to take that approach um because i mean in terms of editing like you say it would be a case of okay um that person is in a um better Position in terms of balancing out the frame compared to that person, uh, and the other benefit of actually looking at these and comparing these photos is you can see which image works better in you know in terms of balance in turn or could you have corrected your position, say gone lower down? Could you have gone more to the left or waited for your subject to hit that point, for instance? So there are many benefits that I see in
1: terms of this process. So, what? How would you consider like your your hit rate now, approximately? Because I know, like, uh, I think Martin Parr says that he like shoots ten good photos a year or something. Then. That... <laughs> um, uh, um uh, that's what I, think I heard.
0: Yes, um,
2: I mean, in terms of how many.
1: I mean, you, you don't have don't to. If, if, this, if this is like, a, if this is too personal of a question, you don't have to. If this is uh,
2: no, 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 it's, it's not a personal problem, question at all. Problem. I'm not slightest. No, no, honestly, no, nothing like that at all. Um, no, so I mean, I would, I would go out now, and in say six. I mean, if I'm out for six hours um, for a, for a day, uh, I could potentially take say a hundred um, at the absolute most. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, that would be absolute most. I've gone for a day where I've taken literally 10, 12 photos. Um, so it all depends on how you're feeling in that, in that um, particular day as well. And it isn't a case of, oh, yeah, I can just go out and take photos and everything's going to be, you know, fantastic. Um, again, I, I don't know what it's like for other genres, but in street photography, you have to be feeling, like, in the right frame of mind to be, like... And an observant as well. Um, you know, so many people, um, especially um, like commission work or things like that, they, they think you can just go out, okay, I'm going to take a photo of like something that you've taken, you know, one of your stronger photos. Oh yeah, I'm just going to go out and do that again. Almost in the in, in same uh, instance where a songwriter is, oh, okay, like, um, uh, I don't know, Michael Jackson is going to write another Beat It again, for instance, you know, it's just, you know, it's it's not that easy. You can't just go out and replicate something. It's you know so many elements. It's and a lot of luck, of course, plays into it as well.
1: Yeah, I think um, well many people don't realize, and we we always uh, pay attention to this, because and we we, we work with photographers a lot, right? I mean, we we represent photographers. Every photo, and I think Susan Zontak said it actually. Every photo is um, is for three people, so it's always a self portrait of the photographer it's always a portrait of a person who's in the picture and then the third person is the observer, you know, what their knowledge is of the circumstances or the world or this, this entire thing. And these things have to align. So, (laughs) and I think it's incredibly important that the photographer, you always bring yourselves in. So, I mean, you, as you you describe, if your personality is really about observation and you're able to observe really well and understand the, the composition you're going to take completely different pictures than when somebody just you know if you if you just push yourself into into a scene and then you disturb it or create it basically
2: absolutely yeah yeah for sure uh, i mean in terms of um say commissioned work uh you are able to recreate um like street shots if you like because obviously you can reshoot and reshoot and reshoot but that comes kind of with experience of knowing what you know what's happening on the streets and, and what works in terms of composition. Um, but in terms of like your actual photography, then, you know, it's, it's all about feeling the moment and predicting what's going to happen next. Um, as I say, it's, it's all well and good, you know, stumbling across a scene. Um, but you can also, um, you know, perfect example is for instance, you see a puddle or, or a flock of pigeons and you see a child, you know, like the next thing that's going to happen, either that child is going to jump in the puddle um, or jump in amongst a flock of pigeons. So it's, you know, just those sort of little things that you can predict um, that, are, that are going to happen next. And that's a key skill to have, you know, when shooting street photography.
1: I think this ability to just, to just sort of see the, the future, even if it's just split seconds ahead, I think it, it gives like a, a certain rush as well. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's, a, it's an incredible, it's an incredible feeling. Um, uh, it's funny, you know, there's this photographer in the US, uh, his name is Gus Powell, and he's been doing street photography a lot. Um, he, when he started, he was just doing it in his, uh, uh, in his lunch break. So all the photos were taken in an incredibly harsh light, uh, but then you know, then he did a, a, lot of, a lot more of this. And then he recently showed an entire campaign that was based on his street photography works, where he would just basically had to reenact the shots that he did, uh, you know, maybe 10, 20 years ago. Um, and just to do them a certain kind of fashion. And, and just, I, it's a crazy challenge, right? Because as you say, the, um, there are just so many things moving around. I mean, the, the, taking pictures in the street is like, is like everything, is, everything is in motion and having the ability to just look just a few split seconds ahead is already something else. So.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, we did a campaign for um, uh, Brompton Bikes mm. and Chapter 3. Um, like a collaboration between the two and and again it was basically staging photos um, of like street photos but um, still I mean you've got an element of control of you know what you've composed and um, where you want your model to be but you've still got the other in, um, influences of like actual general public walking into shots and things like that so it's not still not as easy as as you think Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, it's um and and I, I think as well in terms of um brands and why they're looking at these sort of um natural things is because people can relate more to real life opposed to like being in a studio. You know, I suppose that's why so many like there are so many Instagram influencers, um, you know, because they're real people and you know, they've come from nothing and I suppose why so many people want to be an
1: influencer. But, um, right yeah yeah that's uh this is this is going to be very interesting where this is going to be heading with Yeah. You because know, we know that instagram obviously is now uh, an incredibly important place for people and for brands um but um, if history remains history there's probably going to be something afterwards and there's going to be another another thing oh 100
2: yeah without shadow of a doubt um yeah. you know look at Things like MySpace, um, <laughs> you know, back in the day. Um, it, you know, there are so many things. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. There will be um, the next platform. What it be? What it be? Um, who knows? But it will definitely happen. There will be something.
1: Have you? Um, how would you see what has changed? And you know, if you've taken pictures in London continuously for many, many years now, do you feel that there has been a shift in the last ten years? Of how people behave, or is there? Has has anything changed in the... I mean, you, you, you mentioned that people now look obviously much more on the, on the phone, so there's more of an inward look, but... Um, I, um, I think was something that you touched on
2: earlier, actually, about shooting in New York, where you found it easier um, to shoot in, and you found London a bit more difficult. I think with those two cities, is because they're in such um, a rush to get to their destination. Um, you know, it's almost like, oh, I can't be bothered, you know, it's um you know it's least my worries um but again it's, it all, all depends on the approach if you are spotted um yeah i, I think most people sort of like, turn a blind eye to it um but yeah you know, I, I don't i don't think people's um i think maybe two or three years ago um you know when the terrorism um was uh, you know at its height if you like um then yeah i think people were slightly on edge um and overcautious that maybe that no maybe that's incorrect um i mean just you know having a camera out um you know in in certain places it was like you know why are you taking photos of this place and, and this and that and there's almost like people were going over the top in terms of law um, saying you no know, you can't photograph here but in fact yes you could because it was like a public area you know it's a public Mm. space and so there was like that sort of scaremongering if you like about telling people that they can't photograph here but i think that sort of calmed down slightly now um because say everyone has got a a camera in their pocket and and everyone's taking photos like every seconds you know every millisecond um of
0: the day so yeah so Yeah, so if i could just jump here it's interesting that you say you know you're talking about the public spaces and Um, I guess it's it's a question about privacy, uh, you know, and uh, Clara is asking that if you have a shot of someone in the streets and you plan on, you know, having it printed or having it published, uh, you know, what's the general rule of having or taking permission, you know, from that person uh, that's in, you know, in the frame or in the focus and how do you go about that?
2: Well, it's it's actually um, quite a a common question. This and something that, um, yeah, a lot of people still don't. Um, know the answer to in terms of uh, when you first start out but um, for instance if I took um, as I say all my photos are completely on stage I've never asked any permission for the photos so even though even though I post those photos I don't need their permission to actually post them now if I wanted to use one photo in particular um, say for instance there's a a photo I have of an old lady on a bus So if I um, wanted to use that photo or TFL, for instance, Transport for London wanted to use that photo to promote, you know, traveling on London buses, I would have to ask for that woman's permission to be able to use that photo. But in terms of posting it on my feed, on my website, anything like that, you don't need permission. It's only if you need, if it's going to be used in um, promoting a brand or, you know, advertising a particular region, or anything like that. So sure okay thank you
1: yeah it's a it's a it's a commercial use where where things go uh, where things go a little hairy there's um
2: yeah it's um sorry gino um uh, says uh, it depends on where you are absolutely i mean that's uk law in, in in france i know the person the subject in the photo i believe has the rights to the image um
1: but again this
2: i'm speaking in terms of uk um law
1: um i i'm going to uh mangle the name but there's there was a case in the u.s i think where um uh Corsia, i think is the name of the photographer and he he created a trap where he would take pictures of people unknowingly, and he blew them up and they were you know his, as an artist uh and this uh, uh hasidic man uh You know, Sued him because he obviously wanted to have possession of his image and for religious reasons and he and he lost that uh, case because the the freedom of expression overrode That his particular rights, but yes, it's true. It's different uh, in different cases, but uh, you know photography work with Sarah and Lee she um, She took pictures for many many years uh, in Camden of people on buses and these pictures are um were were widely available and there she didn't need uh, permission. But then she was hired uh, to create the TFL campaign, and uh, these people were uh, all brought in, uh, and you know they had, they had to be released and everything to be. So it's a it's yeah commercial photography is, uh, and street photography. they can be very connected, but uh, it's a they they are slightly separate worlds. Um, you mentioned. Uh, before that, I mean, there, there are two things you mentioned. And one was obviously people with cameras in their pockets. So, uh, phone cameras, um, that's obviously a thing that it's a, it's a blessing and a curse, right? Because the the phone companies are fighting to create better and better phones, uh, better and better phones, but better, better cameras on the phones, you know, more and more lenses, more and more interesting, uh, phones. We, we see that as well. We, um, we work to help with that. Um, and it's, it's great, actually, that uh, that there is this arms race almost, uh, that where phone companies are trying to create better and better tools that can, that can fit into the phones. On the other hand, um, it's it's sort of pushing people into taking certain kinds of pictures because the the phone companies obviously advertise certain features, and then you know we they want uh, they want photographers to take those pictures. Um, so, but uh, but I think phone photography has definitely created a, a whole a whole big, big genre here or open things up.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, There are professional um, mobile photographers, um, you know, shooting, you know, obviously Apple um, are showcasing their new Apple phone 12 um, that, you know, they're shooting like full adverts with it um in in terms of like moving image as well so right. it's you know again like we were speaking earlier is you know who knows where the technology is going to go and how far it's going to go um i mean you know i i love using my camera um and of course yeah there, there's going to be benefits and disadvantages to you know having so many cameras but everything that we see now um you know it's literally from people on the street opposed to you no, um journalists and things like that now. It's, you know, every person around the world is almost a journalist these days, without even meaning to.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's really funny, right, because the um, cameras used to be heavy and very static, and then Leica, obviously, as a, which I started as a test camera for filmmakers, uh, was able to record on the 35 millimeter film. That became the street photography camera, but now it's been definitely superseded by uh, by phones and by smaller cameras mirrorless cameras so it's uh, it's an interesting huge uh, huge world out there the other thing that i uh, that you had uh, mentioned is that you have shot in different cities where do you think is uh, is your, was your favorite place to shoot where where do you where do you love shooting most um well most of my work
2: obviously is in based in london but the one city that i absolutely adored was um lisbon uh, I was in portugal and um i mean uh, I went in october um two thousand and seventeen, and they just had like a like a mini heat wave uh, for that time of year, bowl accounts and I mean I was spending I was walking like thirteen miles a day, um, and the light was just stunning um, I mean it helped there was coffee and cake shops literally every hundred yards, so I was like quite well um well fed there but um yeah, it was just a, a beautiful, beautiful city um and that's probably my favorite city that uh, um apart from london that i've shot in but although i haven't actually done any street photography in new york which is my favorite city in the world that i've ever visited so i've been there five or six times um but i wasn't into photography you know street photography at at that particular time so
1: yeah, it's, it's, um, well, we hope uh, soon everything's going to open up again and we'll be able to go. Yeah. So, uh, but as we mentioned before, and I don't know if we were already recording, um, the ability to shoot close to home, I think, is incredibly important to be able to to do that. Too. Um, yeah, definitely, yeah. Um,
2: yeah, i say people, you know, it's, it's all well and good going into the, the major cities, but if you're able to capture um, something that's never been seen in your local town, village, you know, then go for it. Um, you know, it might open people's eyes up to you know something completely different.
1: Yeah, we uh, we obviously through the um, through the connecting with many photographers, we've we've spoken with people you know in Uganda who who were able to capture and totally unexpected stories in really the the most unexpected places. Amazing, beautiful photography um, coming forward. So that's amazing. It's really really good. Um, I mean we've we've been talking for almost an hour now this is <laughs> oh, really oh, okay. flies. So oh, I did ramble on. <laughs> no, no, this is really um I don't know um be, you know before we open this up to the uh, to the audience one of the questions was how do how to get featured on uh, street photography international and uh, I'm, you know it's a it's a question we expected. I my first assumption is it has to be good photography, you know. Like,
2: well, yeah, that's that's the be-all and end-all. Um, you know, obviously, the photograph has to be a strong image. It um, has to be, um, obviously, a street photo. Um, and unfortunately, um, a few Photoshopped images have got through the net um, over the past um, four and three-quarter years, um, you know, which is a, um, a sad thing to say. But um, they obviously we don't want them to be photoshopped anything like that um because it's you know what was there was there um yeah so tag the the only way to actually be featured is like tag it spi collective and um you know obviously be a strong image and 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 that's it so
1: Okay, everybody here is going to be sending you. Uh, we're going to be tagging the pictures tonight. <laughs> yeah,
2: absolutely. Yes, yeah. there's, there's no need to send photos, email photos, nothing like that at all, um,
0: because mm-hmm. that's not how um, they're looked at.
1: Okay. So you're um,
0: okay. sorry. Can I? Can I also just ex- a little bit expand on that? I understand the question is, you know, it because it, yeah, it just has to be a good photo. Uh, I mean, sometimes I attempt to try and get featured on uh, different sorts of publications, and I wonder how you know when. The person selecting it, they go through the, they scroll through the hashtag feed. And do you individually look at every photo or would you look at the feed and then see what photos pop out? It all depends because obviously um, the theme um, itself is
2: so much easier, the weekly theme. Um, I mean, sometimes we have an open theme, um, which is just um, the SPI collective tag. But when it's, say, for instance, um, the themed hashtag, SPI underscore weather, for instance. Yeah. You know, that's where you can go through it individually. Um, And then it's so much easier. You know, there's less images to go through, if you like, uh, in terms of uh, theme basis. Um, But it is a – when you're going through the feed itself on the SPI collective um, hashtag, obviously, it's just – I mean, you get photos of, like – a flower for instance. Yeah. You know, it's like a macro shot of a flower. So it's it's you can't go through one by one on that particular there's over like last time I looked, I think there was like six point something million photos in that pool of hashtags. So mm-hmm. again it would in that particular hashtag it's um you get things that stand out. Um and but again, you train your eye to see certain things. Um, you know, Im- certain images do stand out. Um there's no you know, no denying that. Um, yeah. So, but as I said, it's a lot easier in terms of the theme because you can go individually um, on the themed hashtags, but on the open hashtag, it's more of a, a standout theme, uh, a, a standout image story.
1: Mm. As far as the as far as the editing goes, I mean, you know, I don't know. I, I think there there was this whole Steve McCurry. Uh, uh, scandal of, uh, of some of his photos being photoshopped as well and you know just for effect i mean that's that's a totally different talk we, should, we could have about that um but how far how much editing do you allow like i know for example the new york times uh doesn't allow any like removing of any anything just it's, i think just cropping maybe and just shifting things
2: absolutely um and and touching on um the process i use a bit told as well um, I try to get as much correct um, in uh, my uh, camera, uh, opposed to taking it home and then cropping massively. Um, again, something I always say on um, my workshops I'm happy for an image to be from that to that, not from that to that. Mm. You know, it's, mm. that's seeing something after the event. So that's why I try to get as much correct in the image. So, in terms of. Um, uh, what is um, posted on the Instagram feed, uh, and in terms of our rules on the SPI Awards, it's minimal um, post processing. Again, like um, say cropping, contrast, vibrance, um, shadows, highlights. Um, Those, it's minimal. Nothing taken out, put in. Nothing like that at all um, is is accepted. I
1: mean, we um, it, yeah, it's okay. No, no, sorry. Go on, carry on. No, I mean, we've seen even, your know, professional photographers just get addicted to processing and then before you know it, you know, everything looks like a horrible computer graphic.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, and it take, it totally takes away from the photographic element, you know, of what you've captured for sure. No, i yeah. totally get that.
1: People don't realize it, what they're doing to themselves and they're just destroying their own photography. I think Mm-hmm. I, you know, similar thing with, with the way people use lenses. I think some people think that they, when they're in street photography, they think they're shooting animals or something. You know, so they have these giant lenses and shooting from you know, three streets away and thinking that they're capturing emotion, but there's, that's not really, I don't know. That's maybe my personal. Opinion.
2: No, that's fair enough. Yeah. I totally, yeah. I totally understand that. Um, uh, and uh, I suppose on, on the flip side of that, um, you know, I would never say that there's a, perfect lens for street photography you know again if you're able to capture those you know, standout images with you know a 400 mil lens or whatever um then you know go for it but, um likewise if you're able to capture something with a 12 a, a mil or 24 mil um it's yeah it's just each their own we keep saying
1: yeah, there's a photographer friend in hamburg actually and he's been for the last i think i don't know maybe 10 years he's been only shooting with a 90 millimeter lens which is very, kind of difficult to shoot with. but that's all he's been uh, he's been using also i mean the the other thing is um cameras are becoming more and more sensitive and you know things that were maybe not as easy possible with film are now possible and then also the, yeah i mean there's there's just so much uh, interesting stuff um, oh,
2: absolutely it, especially in terms of ISO. Um, you know, you can just increase the ISO to, to ridiculous um numbers uh, and sensitivity. Whereas, you know, a film photographer hasn't got that luxury, if you like. Um, you know, it gets to a certain time of night or a certain um like level of light and it you know, they're they're done for. Um so it's it, it, you know, there's there's definitely no right or wrong way to shoot. That's for sure. Um, right. It's just you know, and um, the tools for
1: certain jobs. I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I I think I think there's definitely a balance because you know if it if it becomes uh, if we turn night into day then it's also <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, Joshua Jackson is a photographer who who takes really good. Uh, he, he's very much, but it's all about color, yeah. shapes, and all. Yeah, very good. It's yes, on on sofa as well. I don't know. I I think we're we're all through pretty much all the questions I had on my uh, paper sheets. Um, I don't know. Um, Dan, do you do you have more? Or do you-
0: uh, there is just a couple. I mean, uh, Kim is asking if, uh, due to COVID uh, restrictions, would you guys uh, consider uh, making the uh, SPI workshop in an online format?
2: Oh, good question, Kim. Um, it's something that we haven't really, I mean, we've been approached before about doing um, like online courses, um, but it, it, it didn't really get off the ground um, for you know, whatever reason. And I mean, personally, from my own personal view, I think street photography really I mean, you can give demos, for instance, in, in online form, obviously, and video format. Um, but I mean, to actually teach, it's, I, I think it's better to do in situ um, rather than like talking to a screen. Because it is, it's quite difficult, actually, even just like trying to explain certain things, just talking to a lens. Um, you know, I did something the other day for um, the photography show um, for Olympus and it's just an, an unnatural thing to do you know in terms of teaching because there's no there's no feedback or no response so it's I mean it's it's a very good question um we'll look into it Kim thank you <laughs> if if you can say that
1: well maybe there could be a, a, like a series of films you know where you just uh, I think if you wouldn't have to interact with the audience and not and or they wouldn't expect it, maybe you know, create like a documentary series about you guys treating it different
2: ways. Yeah, quite, quite possibly. I mean, also, you know, there are, you know, people doing videos and, uh, you know, I'm certainly not one to um, take somebody else's idea and put it into my own, if you like, uh, or or our own in, in terms of SPI. Um, so, you know, people are, are doing that. And, you know, if they're doing very well at it, then, you know, or, or applaud it still there. So,
1: yeah, I mean, it, it, I guess it takes a certain personality to be a YouTuber just like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, okay. That's Dan, any, any more questions? Uh, yeah. I mean, I
0: uh, just, one more question, one last question <laughs> I feel, uh, and then, um, we can wrap up. It's, uh, about, uh, if, 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 how street photography you know can be monetized in any way, uh, <laughs> yeah, which I guess is kind of the golden oh, can anything be monetized? The golden
1: answer, <laughs> what does it do to this? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good question.
2: Well, I, I think we've but like, touched on it, um, mm-hmm. briefly in terms of, um, there's a fine line between commercial and street photography because you know, your own work, um, if it's good enough, it, it almost gives you know companies brands ideas in how they can use their their particular product mm. to promote through your style of photography um you know i, I um, as i mentioned earlier i've like done commissioned work um for other companies and things um just through like my creative eye so um yeah there's certain there's certainly opportunities to monetize uh, i mean you know Workshops, um, you know you can give workshops, you can sell prints, um, there's so many aspects, if you like, but you know at this moment in time, you know with a pandemic, I think um, buying a print, for instance, is not on the like priority list of people <laughs> right now um, but yes yeah, so it's and like I say you know again with in terms of um, like social distancing and groups of six. Um, you know, it's the, the workshop um, side of things has come to a halt as well, so.
1: Yeah, there's a, there's a saying, an old saying in, in Poland that says, if you want me to work in a butcher shop, if you want money, work in a bank. And so, <laughs> if, you, <laughs> if, you, if you go into any kind of art thinking about monetization, I suggest the art of banking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, If you want to be close to money, for <laughs> yeah, sure. If, if that's if that's the focus, I think um, I think it's it's with any uh, kind of art, it might be really important to to just really develop the art first, and then the money uh, or the monetization should somehow begin to uh, surface in some natural ways. I think going in and trying to you know, serve. Uh, serve that need; it, it creates an incredible pressure from from the get go that that is just going to uh, make it difficult. And we've seen photographers out there who who really think that they figured it out, they cornered it, and they try to you know, copy a certain style because they think that this is the style that is selling well, and it fails miserably because uh, it's not theirs. And uh, being able to develop their own uh, their own personal path that's really sort of the secret. But again it cannot be so it's a it's quite a dance it's like, <laughs> it's, like it's like archery i guess
2: uh, no i would 100 percent agree with that bit hold actually because i mean if you are going into photography in particular to make money then you're probably you know starting off on the wrong foot straight away mm-hmm. um because i mean maybe you know way before my time um there Potentially, was a lot of money in photography because it was the only way to, you know, see news, for instance. Um, but you know, as mentioned before, you know, everyone's got a camera. Um, you know, media outlets are onto that as well. That you know, people's source of news is, you know, a person on the street just filming what has happened. You know, just being in the, the right place or wrong place, wherever you want to call it, at the, at the right or wrong time, um, and they're getting that footage for free more often than not so you know i think going into the photography industry to make money um is probably not the best like idea to go into you should just shoot photography a particular genre because you love the art form and you're expressing yourself in your creative you know element um so yeah that's and whatever comes with that see it as a bonus but as long as you're enjoying your time doing whatever you're doing then that's surely the most important thing
1: I think we more. I think fantastic. So. Awesome, yeah. <laughs> I, I think we see it. We I mean, we see it every day. I mean, we work with uh, so many photographers, and yes, and the flood of images. I mean, we uh, we spoke with Fiona Shield on one of the previous uh, calls, and she was there when September 11th happened, and there were hundreds of images coming in, obviously from from the cameras, and and now on any given day, it's you know tens of thousands of images are flooding, uh, flooding the feeds. So it's a mm-hmm. it's a very different environment. Um, and also, you know, working with photographers, we, we look to work with those who truly care about something, just really, really give a damn about, you know, be it a flower or be it, you know, their, their house. And, uh, that really helps to, uh, to increase the quality of the photography, of photography incredibly. I mean, to stand out, you have to just really embrace sort of the, the, the personal individual element here.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and standing out is obviously putting your own mark on things as well, you yeah. know, not going out there to copy a particular image or a particular photographer's style. Um, yeah. Obviously I'm using photography um, as the specific um, art form. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, be inspired by people for sure. But, you know, don't go out of your way to copy a particular style, you know, put your own stamp on things, see things completely differently, then you will stand out from the crowd. That's, you know, that's all I can say, really.
1: Awesome. Well, we have an audience here for, for all people who are... Who, Brilliant. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. just going to admit...
0: For me. Hamish. Hamish is here twice. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: He'll.
2: <laughs> oh, Simon <laughs> is here. Hi, Simon. Hamish did get a plus once, that's
0: fine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Here we go. All right. Wow, Clara, this is uh, quite the, <laughs> the awesome. We got two Hamishes. Now I want to see. May the true Hamish come forward. Hi. Hello. Hello. Yeah, we should be able to unmute you too now. Like we're gonna. I think first come the pictures, and then we unmute. Yeah, I think. Um... Let's see. Hey, guys. Hello. Hi. Um. You want the camera
2: on or off? What? Uh... On, on. Yeah, yeah. On, yeah. As long as you're decent.
1: <laughs> oh, always, <I> always. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Hi. I'm sorry hello, if, I, if I don't call your names because on some of them I, I don't see them. but I am not to. Oh, oh, this is. Oh, you're Hamish. Hi, Hamish. How, how did you manage why? to be here twice? Uh, but, oh, because you're with the phone as well, I guess. You're with image no, phone. No. I couldn't join with the with the the joining on the app. I had to come via the web, so I'm not sure what happened. Uh, so. I see. Okay. Very good. Cool. Oh yeah. All right. Do you still use your om M10, Craig, or you got No, I actually,
2: like- um, actually um, gave that away, only a share. because I I bought the EM1 Mark One at the time. Yeah, cool. So I just um, yeah, I upgraded, if you like. Um, but obviously by like the mark three, um, has just come out. So yeah, I mean, fantastic, um, camera. Yeah. Um, and the five, obviously.
1: Very cool. Yeah. I still shoot like on a, on a Leica M9 with a manual focus. Yeah. <laughs> okay. very. <laughs> it's quite challenging in in any environment. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, it's, it's something, um, again, I'm a, a huge advocate of, um, of sticking with your Um, particular camera Um, you know so many people um so i believe in the camera community or photography community should i say um there's like two sides of it there's the camera enthusiast Mm. and the uh, photographer uh, who likes the photo side of things Um, and i would always um, promote sticking with your camera um, because so many people are quick to, you know, um, I'm not getting the photos I should be getting with this brand new camera. You no know, I need to upgrade it. Da, da, da. But in, in, if you actually take the time and learn your camera inside out, so it becomes like second nature. You don't even have to think about how to use it. Um, you know, your photos will improve vastly.
1: Um, yeah, so a big advocate of that. I agree. I think uh, I think there are many technology nerds out there who are just really obsessed with the gear, and just <laughs> and they think that the cameras really take the yeah 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 yeah. Uh, it's like the photographer at a dinner party, and he, you know the the dinner guests, uh, the, the 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 host says, "Oh, you take such beautiful pictures. You must have a good camera." And then he answers, "Well, you made such a great dinner. You you must have a great oven." <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's like, a good analogy. <laughs> that I like that.
1: Yeah, it's like okay. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think really, I think learning your learning your uh, your gear, just uh, so it becomes second nature. I think it's a it's a really good it's a really good tip. So, well, thank you very much, everybody. I don't know, are, are there any more questions from uh, from the audience now that we can sort of see each other uh, almost? Okay. Anybody, know uh, <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Not like a photography-related question, you know, or technical. It's like, how did you, Ellen and uh, Walter, how did you guys meet? Oh, yeah. Um,
2: so initially, um, yeah, thanks, Gino. Um, initially, I was following the two of them on Twitter mm-hmm. and um, then like, started uh, showing my photos on Twitter. Uh, as mentioned before, it's like the in uh, social media platform at the time and um, then I uh, went to a talk um, that the collective that they were in at the time uh, were giving. Um, I spoke to them there, um, that collective disbanded, then uh, a couple of my photos were featured in this digital exhibition that um, Walter and uh, Gagan um, Sadana were um, uh, curating uh, and then I met them um, in person and actually spoke to them there that was in november well in fact yeah uh five years ago almost like to the day really yeah cool so that's that's how we met you know yeah, yeah.
1: through and, social yeah. media yeah, okay <laughs> yeah. and uh, thank you all of course for this uh for this talk oh thank you for joining this is really great
2: <laughs> Yeah, thank you very much for joining yeah everyone even the ones who can't see uh thank you very much and uh thank you very much for the questions too hope I yeah. managed to answer them in some capacity that makes sense
1: thank, so thank you thank you very much um i don't know i i think uh, we we seem to be out of questions so we really appreciate that everybody showed up and uh i think we had, we had a good time this was really thank you so much craig this is so Yeah, is craig Thanks, thank, thank you me. very much and thank you everyone as well yeah. thank you guys bye bye thank okay. you wishing thank everyone
2: you. safe and well okay Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.